The definition of entrepreneur just might be Kim Overton. Kim is the power behind Spy Belt, or Small Personal Item Belt. She's navigated the gauntlet entrepreneurs must run to bring their idea to life and success. And Kim tells it all to Kevin, including what it takes to get on QVC and how customer feedback led her to tweak the original belt for use by kids with insulin pumps. Today we have Kim Overton joining us on the podcast. Kim, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, Kim and I uh, have known each other for a while now. I don't know the exact number of years, but it's been an absolute pleasure just to watch Kim build her company and grow and connect with different people. And I'm going to ask a couple of questions about your time growing that company. But before we jump into your company, which is called Spy Belt, mm-hmm. let's go back and talk about your background, how you grew up and really what formed Kim Overton into the entre- entrepreneurial machine that she is today. Well, that's a loaded question. Let's see. <laughs> we can go way back. Well, I, I'm from Austin. So I, my parents met in England. I was actually born in Manchester, England. And we moved here in 1971. Do the math. I'm 50 and happy and proud of it. And grew up in Austin back in the day when it was just a simple, fun town. And I've always loved the city. And after graduating, I moved to England, around the world. I was in New York City for 12 years. I was on MTV, just pursuing the dream. I moved there to be a singer, songwriter, dancer, and got on MTV within a couple of weeks as one of their main dancers and had such a good time and just checked so many boxes of um, that I had dreams of my 20s. And it was time to come back. You know, I had been there for 12 years and witnessed 9-11 and just the world changed, as we all know. And whatever I was doing at the time just wasn't fulfilling me. So I was so happy to come back. And I moved in with my grandparents at that time. And that was oh, 2005. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty neat. That's awesome. You do have, most people don't know, but a pretty deep Austin history with some, some folks that are fairly, fairly well known in Austin. I, I love hearing, if you would, share the story with your family history in Austin and how that really helped cement you and your business and, and helped you grow and the type of things that you're developing today. Sure. My grandparents met at Houston Tillerson in Austin on the east side, on East 7th Street. And my granddad was the president of the NAACP for 25 years of Alma Overton, local legend. He did quite a bit for this city. I moved in with him and I just growing up with him. He was just a a silent leader, commanded respect, was all about justice, equal opportunity for all, equal education, equal rights. And for me, growing up watching him, that's just the way it was. You know, everyone had a fair opportunity and I never thought twice about it. Another Overton, of course, Richard Overton, everybody knows Mm -hmm. Richard. He was the oldest vet in America for a while, but then the oldest man, I believe he was 112 and credit smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. (laughs) I'm not going to start smoking cigars, but that's pretty cool about the whiskey angle. So I can, you get, get, I can get behind of, him on the whiskey angle, Kim. Yeah, whiskey, <laughs> cigars, yeah. not so much, but I can get behind him on the not whiskey so angle. much. What a neat guy. You know, I live, I live right downtown and I see his portrait 
it's splattered all around town and just it's it's such a cool history and yeah, there's a school named after my granddad and just a lot of goodness you know a lot of good memories people have great things to say especially about my granddad Valma and just just a great person to to have as a role model yeah I, I know that especially your granddad had a, a profound effect on this city Austin's always been a wonderful place. I also grew up here, came in 81, not 71, but it's always been just a fantastic place to be where a lot Mm -hmm. of people from different backgrounds and different walks of life come together, really. And even now, so more than back then, it's it's even more diverse in that sense. And Mm -hmm. I think a wonderful thing to see from my standpoint is people like yourselves. It's just the entrepreneurs that flock to this town and the entrepreneurs that grow up in this town. Speaking of that, how did you know and or what point in your life did you know that, you know what, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I am, I'm not going to work for anyone else. I'm going to do my own thing and, and I'm going to move forward from there. That's a real neat story. I'd love if you share that with us. My first memory was that picking mistletoe when I was seven and bundling it about this time of year, it was around Christmas time and selling it to the neighbors. And when neighbors gave me a quarter, I thought, wow, I just did a transaction. I can go and buy candy. What? <laughs> that was easy. And so I I picked the trees until they were bare and I bundled them. And, and then it was onions. You know, I would pick green onions, whatever I could find or flowers and I'd bundle them. And I just, I knocked on doors and it was exciting for me. So that was sort of the beginning of my love for customers too. I really liked talking to the people who wanted to buy my product, actually, whether they wanted to buy it or not. I, I didn't feel a sense of rejection. I just felt that sense of independence and ownership and, and building the money. You know, I, was, I was independent. I didn't have to go to my parents for money for candy. And that's when it started. <laughs> I guess that's you were, you, you would have wandered down what to now's drugstore to get candy? How, where, I was, yeah, I was downtown. That's right. Yeah. I would have gone to you totem. You totem on Lake Austin yep. Boulevard. Oh, <laughs> Do you yeah. remember you totem? For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. See, yeah. Oh, 1971. <laughs> it was still around in the eighties too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's so, funny. Well, right now you have an incredible business that has been really centered around a very core product for a long time. So tell us about Spy Belt. What is it? How did you come up with the concept for forming Spy Belt? And then please, please, if you can, share one of those QVC stories with us, because those are so fascinating for people who don't understand how things work behind the scenes at QVC. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Spy Belt is an acronym. The word itself stands for Small Personal Item Belt. And I, after 9-11, I became a personal trainer. I wanted to do something that was back to my core of being a gymnast, working with the body, helping people get fit and strong. And I, I launched a fitness video called Love Your Legs. That was my first video. I was out jogging one day, thinking of ways to market Love Your Legs. And I had my key tucked into my bra top and I was like, well, that's not very comfortable. So the idea for their spy belt hit me like a lightning bolt. I remember exactly where I was, the day it was. It was a Sunday during ACL 2006 in the Hike and Bike Trail. And... That was it. I went home right after that and I hand sewed the very first spy belt. So I wore the prototype to the gym. My clients inquired about them. One thing after another, I was making prototypes, testing them, trying them out. 
filed a patent after I got to as close to what I thought was the final product and launched at the Austin Marathon 2007. So essentially, it's a running belt. How is it different? Well, it's, it's slim. It's a one-inch wide band. What I used to see back in the day were big, bulky belts. And as a runner running three miles, five miles, I don't need a big thing that's maybe good for hiking or running an ultra. I just wanted a slender, sleek belt that doesn't bounce, held my phone, my keys. That's it. So that's what I, that's what I made. And that's, that's our core product, a belt that doesn't bounce. It's slender. It's stylish. It doesn't interfere with your move, your activity, whether you're running, walking, hiking. And it's just exploded since then. Yeah. Well, and more recently, you've been developing some unique adaptations to the belt for children with diabetes. Am I correct? That's right. So shortly after launch, I started to hear from parents of children with diabetes. They loved the product for the insulin pump. Prior to the spy belt, belts maybe weren't as cool, Velcro-y, even more expensive than the spy belt. And so kids loved wearing this stylish belt, but also it's discreet, has a cool name, holds their product, and it's secure too. So insulin pumps are very expensive. And when you have a kid doing baseball, gymnastics, parents want to make sure their pump is secure. So that market took off as well. And we developed the product with total parent feedback. The belt is all about how it fits for the child or the adult who wears an insulin pump. All of our products are made from pure customer feedback. We make them here in Austin. We get enough feedback. We'll go to the back office and tweak it and make it and roll out a better, new and improved product. That's really cool. So how did you, I was going to ask you to tell a story about QVC, but really how did you go from just selling it within a word of mouth community to getting it out to the broader community? Because I know you do actually global sales as well. So you right. know, how, how are you getting the word out? How did you grow from a small, as I said, word of mouth community to where you are now? Well, when I was originally making the belt one at a time, a client of mine said, you know what? I'm going to introduce you to Paul Carosa. A lot of Austinites know that name. Mm-hmm. He had the first running specialty shop in town. Runtex. Yep. Runtex. That's right. There's a Runtex sign around my corner here, interestingly enough. Paul said, hey, Austin Marathon's coming up. Can you make 500? I said, you bet I can make 500. I went home and figured out how to make 500. (laughs) (laughs) And that was about a month and a half out from the event. I sold enough to make me quit my day job right after that. So I realized the customer of this product is at races, marathons, 5Ks, marathon expos. I was able to go to that marathon expo, see customers, give them the belt they needed for that race that was on that Sunday, and they loved it. And so I started attending as many race expos as I could. And then I hired my brother, then just grew the team from there and just kept attending race expos, but not just attending the expos, talking to the customer. Again, it's all about the customer. And I would say, and I would train my team to say, please tell your local retailer. So the phone started ringing and I had to stay home because the phone was ringing. And I hired teams to continue to go to expos, 
The phone was ringing for stores. And then exactly one year after launch, I was on The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch. Oh, yeah. I think that's a real big moment for us. And then shortly after that, the press just started rolling in. But it was a year after that that I was on The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch. And he loved it. He gave me high fives. And that was our first real big media exposure. Definitely took off after that. In addition to the expos and the stores ordering. So it was very organic that first year with the stores, individual sales at expos, it's one at a time. But then they were passing the word on, they were spreading the word. That's, that's how we grew in the very beginning. That first year was very guerrilla organic. Yeah. And then after Donnie Deutsch, it was just nuts and QVC. And then, yeah, yeah, it took off a lot after that. So how do you, how do you find yourself on QVC? Is that an invite where they call you and say, we want you to come on QVC or do you have to apply for it? Or how does that work? I'm just fascinated with this because I remember you telling me the story once and, and what, what caught my attention was you wouldn't believe how fast it is. Oh my gosh. Everything moves fast on QVC. Then you go back and you look, I watched the spot and I said to myself, oh my goodness, she is correct. Everything's moving very fast here. <laughs> it's so fast. So at the time we got on QVC, they had a really neat program. They still might have it. I haven't checked their website in a while, but it was for new products. So they really support new products, new businesses, entrepreneurs. And I applied to that program and they called me in. They invited us in. And we were accepted as a vendor. It's a really long process, but also very exciting. So the first step is to take an all-day class. So we had to take a whole class of how to just talk on QVC. Mm. And at first, the thought is, well, I've, I've done TV before. How hard can this be? But man, it's another animal. With the earpiece in one ear, it's live. You have the producers telling you what to do and where to stand, what to say, what to, how to repeat it. Yeah, it was exciting and very scary at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Other than spybelt.com, spibelt.com, where can we find spy belts now? We are in several hundred running specialty stores around the country, big box stores, Dick's Sporting Goods, Academy, Shields, I'm trying to think of the other ones up north, of course, Amazon. We're internationally distributed. We're in over 35 countries, 35 distributors. So let's say our distributor in Australia also distributes to New Zealand, all over the world. It's a global distribution, but the usual places. And now that expos are starting up again, the, the Disney one just happened, the mm. Disney Wine and Dine, and we were there. That was our first expo for the year. Very exciting. We're going to start attending expos again so we can see our people see our customers, which is just great for us. I've been blessed to work with entrepreneurs and, and business builders most of my career. And I see that many of them have a mentor, an advisory board, a group of a fellow entrepreneurs to help support the growth. And we are entrepreneurs by nature or do-it-yourselfers, but we also know that there are support team and people around us that help us achieve our goals. What did that system look like for you? It was tough. It was me for the first handful of years. And then I found EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. It's a global organization of all entrepreneurs, uh, minimum entry, a million dollars in sales. 
they were my people. So it's my support group. There's a chapter here in Austin, about 150 members. And that basically became my board. And a lot of us in EO are the only owner. Maybe we have one partner, even maybe there's some topics that we can't discuss with our business partner. But EO is, has been my place to just talk it through and to get support. Having that superior, that peer network is very, very helpful. I know I've seen that as I'm, I'm building this practice as well as going to other folks. And if you can corroborate this or agree with it or disagree, let me know. But a, a good friend who started a firm roughly the same time, we would talk every month or so. I said, how are things going? He says, you know what? You know, I'm working twice as much. I'm making half as much, but I'm four times as happy. And I said, oh my right gosh. Now, that's, that's about dead on. <laughs> so <laughs> when you're in those early days, it's, it really is a grind. Those first years where you really feel like you're by yourself. So fascinating to hear your story and how you just kept going. And that, I think that's the biggest advice that anyone gets in the entrepreneur space is the people who don't make it are the people who quit. So do you have any stories around that with Spy Belt and Kim? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think um, the hardest thing for me is battling the knockoffs and the lawsuits because I'm just not a fan of fighting, but I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to copy my product? Well, get ready for a fight <laughs> because this is my brand. I created this thing and it appeals to a lot of people. It helps a lot of individuals in their daily activities. I'm going to protect it with everything I have. and. I went to Denmark right before the pandemic to fight. It's not my favorite thing, um, but I, I'm going to do it. That's just not the fun part of it. But we have a team and we have a third party vendor who helps us uh, keep an eye on the counterfeits and the infringements and all that stuff that comes with owning patents. It's just part of the business. Yeah, very much so. And, and in that world, do you use any of the big units like the Amazons to to sell online or anything of that nature? We do. And Amazon is used to seeing copies as well. So they have a pretty easy system that allows brands like us to make takedown notices and keep an eye on the patents, infringements, and the copies out there. But it does take work. You know, we have people who are working on it on a regular basis. So if you, if you take your eye off of that, it's like whack-a-mole. They're going to continue to pop up if you have a unique product. But Amazon, Walmart, a lot of the big websites, uh, Rakuten, mm-hmm. Alibaba, eBay, they have a system to help companies with patents to protect their patents. That's good. But we know yes. the core product is the belt. What else is there and what else may be coming down the pipeline for Spy Belt? Well, Spy Belt, we specialize in, as the acronym says, small personal item carriers, right? So we have a new crossbody spy belt. I'll call it the spy crossbody. So I don't know if you've noticed a lot of folks wearing fanny pack type things across their shoulder, on their chest. The crossbody is really stylish right now. We came out with one years ago. So I'm happy to see that it's become super trendy. I was recently traveling with my family and I had all of the passports in my crossbody. just makes things real easy to go out and about and be hands-free. So focusing on the area where we specialize and where we're really good is making products that carry your small personal items. We have armbands. We have like a little backpack type carry-all is what we call it. It's not a full-on backpack, but it's 
some people call it a gym bag. Mm. So just mm-hmm. sort of extensions of things that carry your small personal items. The crossbody is the latest one and probably the hottest new product we have at the moment. Looking back at the years of building Spy Belt and all the ups and downs, what would you have done differently and what lessons did you learn that you think another budding entrepreneur might want to know heading into their venture? That's always a good question. And I sure I'm always hoping that I can steer entrepreneurs and up and coming entrepreneurs in the right direction and avoid mistakes that I've made. A lot of us struggle with staffing, right? HR. It took me a while to realize that it's good to let someone go if they're not good for the for the culture of your company. If someone's not a good fit, you know, it's best for them too, that they find another opportunity. I worked really hard. I think I got so frustrated trying to maybe make someone do or coach someone to do something that they just didn't want to do. So I think being in tune with the right people and the right seats on the bus, right? That's a mm-hmm. common expression. I think just staying in tune with your people Staying connected, making sure everyone is on the same page, knows the mission of the company so that everyone's operating in the same direction. Otherwise, you're going to waste a lot of hours and time and just get really frustrated trying to get your company to move forward. So I think those lessons took me a while to learn, you know, just getting really frustrated with the whole HR side of things, but also bringing on help as soon as possible. Mm. I think I was doing a lot of stuff on my own early on before I brought in help. I kind of waited a little too long. <laughs> yeah, that's common. But help's always good, yeah. That, that is common, very, very common. You mentioned just a minute ago about culture. Creating and maintaining culture, especially a small company, is a very challenging thing to do. Some people are very good at it. Some people are, are less. So how do you do that? How did you go about establishing the culture, ensuring that everyone coming on board was aware of the culture and values? And how do you maintain that? That's a great question. These days, I let my team interview and hire. So folks aren't just coming through me. My team work together probably more than I'm in the office. So they know what the culture is. So it's more of a collaborative hire, not just through me. The culture has, we've been in business for 15 years. So the culture has, is, was established a while ago. And it's always on great customer service, respect for one another as a team, uh, work-life balance. Like, I know that's cliche and all, but seriously, being happy with what you're doing so that you're happy when you go home. I sure would hate for someone to be grumpy at work because they don't like what they're doing and they're going to be grumpy at home and they're their spouse or their partner is going to be mad at Spybell for making them grumpy. It's just this whole cycle that I've seen. So it's real important for me that the folks in the office feel respected. We're a collaborative team. We work together. It's just, a, we're 15 people. So I work really hard at making sure that we're all a unit and everyone has a say. I think that inclusivity is really important too. We have a front office and a back office. It's easy to say oh, front back, but I make it real crystal clear that we're all one for the sake of the brand. Any one of us can answer the phone and talk to a customer in a similar fashion because we all know that it's just important for us to care for the customer. So again, it's just built over time. And it is important that when we hire people, everyone gets to meet that person. 
And we walk that new individual through the facility too. And we can see how they engage and interact with the other, the rest of the team. So it's not always a, a perfect science. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I've, I've definitely gotten better at it. Yeah. But I think too, the things I've heard from you over the years is properly empowering your employees to take oh, care yeah. of the customer is that when I, is one of the worst things I ever face as a consumer is when you're like, well, that's not my department. Let me find someone else. Oh my gosh. You know, it's one thing you've always said is whoever picked the phone, they can solve a problem. And I always thought that was a, an absolutely wonderful way to run a business. And as a consumer, knowing that you're calling in, it's like, I've got a problem with my spy belt. And someone says the, the magic words, I can help you <laughs> and not have to wait through a call menu or something of that. It's, it's, a really neat thing, especially being a small company, you really have the ability to do that and do that well. Or pure honesty, too. If we have a new team member, it's okay to say, I am not sure. Yeah. I'll be right back, but I'll call you with your number. I'm yeah. going to find out that answer for you and I'll get right back to you. Yeah, very true. But it's it's caring. Caring. That's, that's a great yes. way to put it. Yeah. Caring about the customer and caring about the product and the brand and, and what 100%. that faces in the community. So that's right. Well, I know we are running up against the half hour and Kim is a very busy person and has to get back to an event. Thank you for stepping away from that event to spend the My time pleasure. with us today. It was awesome. But the last question is what is next for Spy Belt and what is next for Kim? Oh, it's extreme growth. There are so many new add-ons. I'm actually working with an engineer team right now for an add-on for the Spy Belt hitting a broader market, getting out there, expanding our team, expanding our sales team, just continued growth, just getting to the next level, continued growth. And I'm going along with it for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you, you, you have to go because you're driving the bus. If you jump off, then everyone's definitely on a ride, but you are the one driving the bus. That's right. Well, Kim, thank you so much again for carving out time, coming in today. Of course. Sharing your story with us, just the, the history of two old Austinite people getting together and, and having a conversation. I always love that. Yeah. So thank you so much. Congratulations on the success of Spy Belt, and I'm very excited to see what happens next. Thank you for listening to the Uncorrelated Minds podcast. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. For more information on the topics covered in this podcast, please visit the show notes page for links to further information at www.cenaceracapital.com. Cenacera Capital LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Cenacera and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. The information provided is for educational and informational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice and it should not be relied on as such. It should not be considered a solicitation to buy or an offer to sell a security. It does not take into account any investor's particular investment objectives, strategies, tax status, or investment horizon. You should consult your attorney or tax advisor.